Hello, beautiful people. It's been another two weeks since I have been on here, and it seems like that's going to be my uh, my time frame. It just seems like it's every two weeks for me that I start to get that itch to get on here. And I never wanted this to become something that I was forced to do. I love doing it, but I feel like if you force things sometimes, then you not only lose your love for doing it, but you know, your quality kind of goes down. So I've never, I've never really wanted to really force it. And I always wanted to be present in my life and in my kid's life and in my husband's life. And so anyway, every two weeks is about, is kind of my span here. And, but I am so glad to be back here and to be talking to you guys. It has been a crazy couple of weeks for me. Um, my husband, I took him down to Las Vegas for a, um, training that he went through and it was incredible. It did so many wonderful things for my husband and for me and his relationship. It just, it was mind blowing. Um, and so I was dealing with that and, uh, it's interesting because when you go through big things in your life, um, it teaches you things and, my husband definitely was going through big things in his life this weekend. He, um, if anybody knows my husband, he's super reserved, passive. He's not one to speak up. He's very just kind of laid back and, um, but he's high stress. He stresses out pretty easily and he is, um, a warrior for sure. So I took him to these, to this training. Um, and my brother had gone through it 10 years ago. And bless his heart, he had Quinn on his mind to go through this class. And he was just like, you know, he's like, this class would be so awesome for Quinn. And it really was. And I am so grateful for my brother that um, he was able to encourage Quinn to go through these classes, but also give him the support and love that he needed in order to get through this class because it was brutal. Um, he, it was so good. I, I asked Quinn at the end of his, it's about 48 hours. And, um, I asked him after his training, I, because some of the ways he was talking, I was joking with him and I said, are you sure you weren't beaten in this class? And he goes, not physically. <laughs> he's like, but mentally he's like, oh yeah, I was beaten. Um, and the thing is, is, but he came out such a happy person and he was so proud of himself and he just like I was in, I was in shock with the difference that I saw in him and it just it was so incredible to watch him he just was thriving and anyway he he took this training and it was leadership training and it taught him how it gave him some tools to deal with the life that we oftentimes sometimes get bogged down with. And um, it just did so many incredible things for him. And I was so, so proud of him for going through this, this training because it was brutal. It was hard. And, um, you know, I just, I couldn't get over like the significant change it made in him. And I, uh, I just got to thinking about that. And, you know, we all get bogged down in our lives. Um, and I was thinking about it while I was laying in bed this morning. I was debating on whether to get up. And Quinn saw me staring off into space. And he's like, hey, so what are you thinking about? And I told him, pond scum. <laughs> and he, he starts laughing. And um, he's like, pond scum. He's like, what are you talking about? And I just got to thinking about it. You know, oftentimes, 
life resembles pond scum, right? We're often sitting in this pond and it's full of scum. It's slimy. It's gross. It smells bad. And, you know, we're just kind of swimming in this pond of scum because that's what we feel like we have to do. And occasionally we can get out and we can take a shower and it feels wonderful and it feels great. But then, you know, we always find ourselves back in this pond of scum. And I was thinking about that and why we do that, you know, and don't get me wrong, we can't run away from every difficult situation we have in our lives. But oftentimes, I think that we bog ourselves down with these thoughts of, I can't get out of this. And so we just swim around until we're just nasty and dirty and we're so bogged down with the scum that we can't even get out of the pond at all. And I just watched this like huge transformation in my husband. And um, as I'm explaining this to my husband, I he's like, well, you know, how, how are you like, what is this pond scum analogy? And I love analogies. I do. I love me a good analogy. I love, you know, learning lessons through stories. Um, and that's always the way my brain thought or worked. I just am very visual. And so, um, yeah, I, I love learning lessons through stories. So I, that's kind of the way my brain works. So I was thinking about it and I thought, okay, so we can go and we can visit this pond every single day and we can get muddy and gross and we can go and take a shower every day too. But oftentimes when we're in this pond of scum, we're not thinking about how good it felt to t- right after our shower. We're often thinking about how gross it feels inside the pond, Right. And so it kind of gets in the way of this motivation to even get out of the pond. We're so focused on the nastiness and the the smelliness of this pond that we forget to look toward that shower and to look toward the the clean feeling we felt after the shower. And so I I was thinking about that in Quinn and I's life. There's some things that, you know, especially after this training, like it's been put on the forefront of our mind that things need to change because for a long time, we've been sitting in this pond of scum and we had forgotten how to even get out of this pond of scum. And that's the thing too, is we often think that we can't get out, right? Maybe we keep slipping back in, maybe. And, you know, when I say pond scum, guys, it can be anything. It can be, um, it can be your career. It could be a relationship with, you know, a family member, a friend, it could be an addiction, it could be um, a depression, it could be anything. Pond scum is all around us, right? And it's it's almost like a, a acrobat routine trying to get around these pond scum sometimes. Sometimes it feels like we're surrounded by pond scum and we can't move. But ultimately, it's about what we're going to do with the pond scum, right? So I so I got to thinking about this. I thought, okay, how do we clean up our pond scum? I was like, okay, we could clean the pond, but sometimes the pond is out of our control. Sometimes we can't clean the pond. Sometimes we have no no choice but to let the pond be what it is because we have very little power over that pond. So we have to leave it alone. So I was like, okay, so what if we have to leave it alone? What if we can't clean this pond up? Then what's our next our next choice? And I thought, well, okay, then we can get out of the pond every day and we can go and take a shower, which is great. And that's exactly what repentance is, right? And But not only that, like 
it feels so good to take a shower after you've been really, really dirty. Like when Quinn and I are planting our garden, you feel so gross, so sticky, so dirty after being in the garden all day that that shower just feels incredible, right? And we can all do that. We can all take a shower, but we can't live in the shower, right? We have to go out and we have to get dirty and we have to get messy again. Like that's part of life. So I was like, okay, so how do we, how do we keep ourselves from this pond scum? And I'm sitting there and I'm going through this with my husband. He's kind of just chuckling at me because he knows I'm nuts. But I, I am going through this in my head and I'm like, okay, can't clean the pond, can't live in the shower. So what is my other option? And I got to thinking about it. Okay, waiters. I can put waiters on. If I put my waiters on, I can go walk through the mud and still remain clean. And I can still feel good about myself in these waders, right? As soon as I'm ready to leave the pond, I just slip off those waders and I am back in the real world. I don't have to put up walls. I don't have to put up anything. The waders just slip off and then I can go about my business being happy, right? So that being said, what are our waders? What are those things that we need in order to navigate that scum pond or that pond scum sorry I, I I've been thinking about that and you know Quinn and I have some decisions to make we've got some some things that have popped up since um his training and we realized like we want to clean up some of this pond scum we have and um a lot of it comes down to goals right and so I actually like goals, but I'm not great at seeing all of them through. I have a brother, same brother who sent my husband through his training, who has the, like his superpower is self-control. He is the most controlled person I have ever met. And I, I am so envious of that sometimes. He just, he there's not a whole lot that he lets like just, you know, run rabbit with him. And I am kind of the opposite. I am very much like, I, I want to have a good time. I, um, you know, and I don't want to spend a lot of time. I, I, I think it comes down to laziness also, honestly, but, um, you know, I just, I want, I'm kind of a free spirit. I just want to, um, I just want to live. I just want to live my life. But my brother is incredible. He's got like superpower, like self-control. And not only that, he's great at keeping goals and he's great at making goals. But you know, what if, and I kind of fall into this category. What if you not only struggle with keeping and, you know, like striving to, um, you know, make those goals, but, or keeping those goals, like, you know, working toward those goals, but you have a hard time making goals too. Like there's a lot of people out there, myself included. And even, you know, I'm seeing this in my husband a little bit. It is hard to make goals sometimes when you are so used to sitting in the, the, this pond of scum, it's hard to even imagine what is beyond the pond. And so I got to thinking about it and I thought, what 
what like divides these people from the people that have goals all the time and they're constantly making goals they're constantly working toward goals and then those people that are like goals what are goals and how do I even make a goal and if I was going to make a goal what am I going to make a goal about we often get so hung up like we forget how to dream even we forget like or maybe we have a dream and we think oh but that's not possible that could never happen um and maybe you're correct but maybe you're not you know i think sometimes it's it's hard we often need to take a long a long look at where we're at and is our pond skewing our eyesight is it keeping us from seeing what's beyond the pond and i i just got to thinking about that and i thought i really would love to know how you guys create goals what encourages you to make a goal and are you someone that has a hard time making goals because you don't even know what to make a goal about maybe you don't have an easy time dreaming Maybe you don't have an easy time. You know, we talk about people that set goals and, you know, how dare to dream and all that stuff. But what if we've forgotten how to dream? What do we do in those situations? Do we just live our, you know, safe comfort zone lives? Or do we push beyond that and we get to the places that, that we want to be? In Quinn's training, one of the things he was telling me is that um, his instructor told him that if you are living inside your comfort zone, you are dying. And I truly believe that. If we are constantly living with, oh, this is good enough, we are dying. I have watched myself do this. I have watched my husband do this. I've watched so many people do this. And it does not bring happiness living inside your comfort zone. Those people that are the happiest are the ones that keep pushing and keep striving to find something more than what they have. And there is a big difference between being ungrateful for what you have and always trying to be better, get more than you have. And I'm not talking from like a materialistic standpoint. Materials don't bring you happiness either. But striving for bigger and better is always okay. I had a conversation with my husband once that kind of like surprised me because I honestly didn't even understand. He told me once that um, he was afraid to ask um, God for anything above what he had because he felt like he was ungrateful if he did. And me being the person I am, I just, I didn't understand that. Not at all. I didn't understand that because I know that God wants the very best for us. And so that just kind of baffled me that he thought it was ungrateful to ask God for anything above what he already had. And so I asked him, I said, okay, Quinn, but let's, let's say you're living in an apartment. Do you think it's greedy to want a house of your own? Like, what if you know, is it is it greedy because you have a house over your head? Is it greedy to want one of your own? And of course, you know, we we own our house. So of course, he says no. But it really is that same type of uh, type of thing. Like we are 
God does not limit us. We limit ourselves. And, you know, I often think that how many of us are actually doing that? We're thinking, oh, this is good enough. And so we stop striving for better. And we do that in our relationships. We do that in our, um, you know, in our work. We do that in so many different situations. And, and the problem is, is when we start making that decision to just make it good enough, it eventually ends up not being good enough because that relationship that you ignored for such a long time because it was good enough as it was is now tanking because it's not good enough anymore. And that job that you were doing just the bare minimum and it was good enough is now they're looking at you with skepticism because they're wondering if you have what it takes to do your job well. So the thing is, is we often put ourselves on the chopping block because we're afraid to reach for more. So what is it that encourages us to reach out and to achieve more? I really would love to know you guys' insights. So if you want to leave a comment, um, I would love a conversation on this because I'm learning as well. Like this is not like me coming to you guys and preaching to you guys and hoping to, you know, spread some knowledge here. Like I am learning and I learn from you guys. And I think that it is an important conversation to why we just never, uh, we never aim for more. The other thing that I thought was really interesting is my husband's training. They talk about um, enthusiasm for life, right? And I realize, like, as we get older and real life sets in, our enthusiasm goes away. You remember when we were kids and ice cream truck would come and you would hear his song coming down the road and how excited you would get and you would like get all pumped up. You dash into the house, grab all the pennies that you found out or found underneath the couch and you would you would run down the street with your pockets full of pennies and you would go and you chase that ice cream man two blocks because you were so excited for that ice cream truck, right? Where did that enthusiasm go? Where like it just vaporized, right? As an adult, like it, oftentimes it just it it's gone. Like, so why is it so easy for a kid to keep that enthusiasm? But as an adult, it's so rough. It's so hard to keep that enthusiasm. And, you know, so I went to um, my daughter's dance recital uh, this last week as well. And they always do such a good job at their recital. Uh, They always give it all they got. And um, they really do leave their hearts on the floor. And the thing that I was so disgruntled with, and maybe I shouldn't have been, but I really was. And I think mostly because I was so like frustrated with myself as well as like, where is all the enthusiasm, right? We go to this dance recital and, you know, I remember being in dance when I was younger and you that music would come on the the dancers would come out um not necessarily in ballet there's etiquette right there's etiquette for dance recitals if you're at a professional ballet you don't get up and hoot and holler right but at dance recitals when you have lively music or you have these girls that are putting everything that they have to offer out on the floor you cheer 
and you hoot and you holler and you yell good job and you go through you give as much enthusiasm as you can guys i'm so sorry i got a phone call and sometimes when that happens it just completely disrupts my yeah, my focus that's another thing we should probably talk about <laughs> but um anyway back to, to back to my story so we we go and these girls are just giving it all they're all and we we for these girls to feel pumped and i am saying this from experience as well because i danced for many years um and but a lot of the enthusiasm and a lot of the energy that these girls on the floor get is from the audience it's kind of like you know when you're watching a sitcom and you know they have the live audiences the reason they bring in live audiences is because they actually can give these actors more energy and more drive and more enthusiasm for what they're doing because really as an audience member the only thing we can give to these performers is our enthusiasm right and if we don't give them the that enthusiasm then basically these poor babies are out there on the floor giving it all they got and they are scared to death to do it in the first place but now they're listening to crickets they have worked their entire year for this and they basically are getting nothing they're doing it for free they're doing it for absolutely free because that is how they get rewarded is by our applause and by our hooting and our hollering and saying good job and and you know letting them know that we're enjoying what we're watching just like when you when you go somewhere to a new restaurant or you try a new product they want feedback why do they want feedback because they want to know you're enjoying the product if they're not enjoying it then they need to change it right the thing is is these young girls are out on this floor and they are giving it all they've got and i have watched them all year long and they have worked their bums off and then they go to perform and it's crickets nobody's cheering nobody's shouting nobody's hooting hollering nobody is giving them that enthusiasm i don't know if you guys have ever been to like a dance recital or a um or even like a concert where you start like clapping with the rhythm of the song if you notice the change in those dancers as you clap along with their song it changes it morphs into this enthusiasm that is like almost like it's contagious and it becomes their smiles get bigger their movements get bigger and they become more than what they were three seconds before it started and i'm watching this and there's a a bleacher full of people that have come to watch their kids to watch you know people that they care about in these in this dance recital and nobody is cheering and i am watching these girls just i can tell that they're insecure i can tell that they're nervous because you're always nervous right before you perform but there's no there's no enthusiasm and so their enthusiasm is starting to flee because it's taking them all their enthusiasm just to walk on the floor in front of everybody 
And I got to thinking about that. So as a society, I know what's happening in our community. So I have to imagine it's happening everywhere in society. We stopped cheering for each other. We stopped showing enthusiasm. We stopped chasing ice cream trucks. And we stopped having enthusiasm for life altogether. And it's contagious as well. The lack of enthusiasm is just as contagious as enthusiasm is. And we're spreading it like sticky hands and cotton candy. It's not... This world is such a bitter place without enthusiasm. Enthusiasm has created amazing things. Enthusiasm is what changes the world. It changes countries. It changes wars. It changes every situation we're ever in. Enthusiasm is at the top. And I, I can't help but wonder where all our enthusiasm went. Why did we stop chasing ice cream trucks? Why? Why aren't we still digging under the couch sofa cushions for spare change? Why aren't we hooting and hollering at dance recitals? Why aren't we giving it all we got for everywhere we go? Why aren't we genuinely happy when our friend comes up to us excited about something? Why aren't we jumping down, up and down with her? Enthusiasm is contagious. So why are we suppressing it? Are we so afraid of what people think? And here's the other thing. Why? Why do we care what other people think? Why is that so affecting for us? I see so many people that comment on social media about, you know, some rude comment that somebody said. And, you know, and they often say something around the lines of like, you know, I usually block people like this, but this one kind of, you know, hit home and I just want to, you know, encourage people to be nice. Okay, here's the thing. Why are we even paying attention to people like that? They are not your cheerleaders. Why would you listen to anybody that was not a cheerleader for you? I don't want to be around people that tear people down all the time. And honestly, I think people talk too much. If you want to have a conversation, I am all about a conversation. And I am definitely one of those people that pe people probably think I'm confrontational. And it's not that I'm confrontational. I like to discuss things. Even if it's hard topics, I like to discuss things. A lot of people don't like to discuss hard topics. Um, people don't like to discuss, you know, religion or politics or anything like that because it's... Um, it can be a sensitive subject, right? And it can get people, um, people's feelings hurt and whatever. But why is that? Because I can have a conversation and even disagree wholeheartedly with somebody, but still put my heart out there trying to understand where they're coming from and leave agreeing to disagree, but still loving that person. Why is it so hard? Why do we think that somebody disagreeing with us is a hit on us personally. Where'd our enthusiasm go for being us? When you were a little kid, did you ever just look in the mirror and say, I am glad I'm me. 
I know some kids never did. And that makes me incredibly sad. But I did. I know at least one time in my kids' lives, they all did. They looked in the mirror and they saw someone they liked. And over the years, the world beats them down. And as parents, we try to build them up. And that is why I'm so enthusiastic at my girls' dance recitals. I want them to know enthusiasm is okay. You hoot and you holler. You have a good time. And you spread enthusiasm like COVID-19. I want enthusiasm to be the next pandemic. And I don't want a single person to wear a mask. I want them to freaking let those smiles shine. I want to see adults running after ice cream trucks. I want them setting the example for their children that life is too short not to be enthusiastic. I want to see more parents jumping on the trampolines, even if it means wetting your pants, which in most cases would be me. I want people to enjoy their life. And when did we decide it wasn't okay to do that? Why has enthusiasm just died? If I see somebody I am genuinely happy to see, why is it not okay for me to jump up and down and squeal that I am excited to see that person? Why do, why do we have to worry about judgment? Why do we have to worry about what people think? Do you think it's going to make us happier worrying about what everybody's thinking or even, you know, playing the way everybody would expect us to play? Are you going to be happier just throwing that enthusiasm at everything you got? Or are you going to be happier knowing that you did what was socially normal? I don't think there's any normal out there. But those people that do worry about being normal, I'm not sure they're a lot of fun to be around anyway. So why not just embrace what you are? And maybe you're going, okay, but I'm not really an enthusiastic person. And that might be the case. I feel like I'm pretty level-headed. I can get enthusiastic when I want to, but I'm not you know, I've never been incredibly enthusiastic about everything. But you know what? I think even if we think that we're not really enthusiastic people, I think we'd be surprised. If we practiced showing enthusiasm, would it come back to us? Would it? Because I guarantee at one time when you were a kid, there was enthusiasm there. And I think we all need to find our inner child. We all need to have more fun. We all need to smile more. We all need to help and serve others. We all need to be eager to go and help serve others. Now it, it seems like we're begrudging or we're put out. But you remember when you were, I, I use this example, but in my, in my church, we have what we call young women's and you enter it when you turn 12 and um before that you're in primary and i remember being so bored with primary i was 11 
And I just thought, I am still stuck in here with a bunch of babies, right? Not much fun. I My enthusiasm for primary was absolutely gone. But you know what was replaced? My enthusiasm to be part of the young women's. I was so excited to be part of the young women's. And they would do these these service projects. And we would go, and I remember seeing the older girls not be enthusiastic about it. The ones that had been in young women's for several years by now. And yet I was just a new one. I was a new one coming in and I was so enthusiastic about going in serving people. I was like looking at these older girls thinking, what's wrong with you? This is a blast. We're in young women's. Can you believe we're here? This is so incredible. And all of those laurels, all they could think of was, I cannot wait till I'm out of young women's. I cannot wait till I can get to the singles ward. I cannot wait until I get into Release Society. I cannot wait until I'm out of here. And I was just so excited to be right where they were. So I don't think enthusiasm is something that's lost. I think it's something that is forgotten. We forget that enthusiasm is what makes everything around us more enjoyable. It cleans up that that pond scum without even trying. I really just think that enthusiasm is one of those things that has the potential to help every family, every person in this world. If we would just practice having a little more enthusiasm, I think it would change people's lives. I've I've seen what enthusiasm looks like in people's eyes. I witnessed it this last weekend with my husband. And I am telling you, oh, I would give up chocolate cake for the rest of my life to see that enthusiasm in his eyes for the rest of my life. Enthusiasm brings a spark that cannot be replaced by anything else. And I just want everybody to be enthusiastic about who they are, but also what they have to get, offer and give. We are going into times that may be hard. This world has kind of been chaotic lately. But again, enthusiasm has fixed a lot of hurt. Enthusiasm has fixed a lot of problems. Focusing on doing what's right and serving and adding a little tiny bit of enthusiasm goes a really long way. I I hope you guys are still enthusiastic for life because there are those people around me that they still got it. They still have that enthusiasm. You can tell. You can see that sparkle in their eye. There's enthusiasm there. And it's contagious. And I keep thinking, if we all focus on that enthusiasm, in just having a little bit of enthusiasm, we take it out in the world and we spread that like wildfire. What a different world, community, and environment we would all have would the pond scum still be there 
Absolutely. But you know what? It might be in smaller puddles and not so many lakes and oceans and even large ponds. I think the world has had plenty of negativity, plenty of criticism, plenty of bitterness. It's had enough of that. We have plenty of it out there if that's what you're seeking. But what we don't have enough of is focus, enthusiasm, and willingness to serve. And I think that that is something worth bringing back. So that is just what has been playing on my head lately. Um, nothing groundbreaking. Just little things. Watching someone you love go through something incredibly hard for them and ending up on the other side and being so proud of themselves. That is the most amazing thing to watch. It is spreading enthusiasm, just watching them. And I often wonder, you know, are we helping them keep that enthusiasm or are we beating it out of them? I don't want to bring sexy back. I want to bring enthusiasm back. That's what I want to bring back. Enthusiasm for life. And hopefully in turn, that will encourage people to keep reaching, to keep, keep going forward. If you're sick of primary, reach for young women's. If you're sick of young women's, reach for beyond that. But be happy where you're at. But keep reaching. Keep reaching. Keep striving to be better than you were yesterday. Keep reaching for goals that are just out of your reach. Those things truly are the things that make the world go around. Set those goals. Don't let anybody tell you that you're already enough. None of us are. I can love you even if you're not enough. I will never be enough. I hope I will never be enough. I continuously want to be more. And anybody who is okay with just being subpar, that's not a very happy life. There, your comfort zone is where you go to die. Breach outside your comfort zone. Do something a little crazy. Do something you wouldn't naturally do. And maybe it's scary as hell. Probably will be. But do it anyway. What do you have to lose? What's the worst that could happen? You make a fool of yourself? Well, there's plenty of fools out in the world. They're not going to focus on you very long. But guess what? It's those fools that put themselves out there that achieve more, that get more, that have more enthusiasm, and they realize they don't need people's approval because they're going bigger and better places. So I know this is kind of a short one this time, guys, but I think everyone 
should make a list of what they want to be enthusiastic about. What do we want our enthusiasm to thrust us forward to? I'll make a list if you guys do. How's that? Let's work on our enthusiasm. And then we need to work on our focus. Because those two often go hand in hand. But for right now, let's just go focus on chasing those ice cream trucks. Let's get after it. Come on. You can do it. Go grab your pennies. And let's go. Let's go chase that ice cream truck. Because we friends, right? <laughs>